Okay. Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. Yes, man, that sounds good. This sounds like we are back in the West Balcony, although I kind of like it in here better. <laughs> and so, I don't know how long that will be like that, but it is nice in here, right? And so, it's good to see you this morning. If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 8. <clears throat> As you know, we've been going over Acts here for quite some time, and now we have transitioned out of Stephen's message. Um, we spent quite a bit of time there. And our last time, we were kind of really trying to look at, uh, our purpose rather, was to encourage a mission focus. And I love that we got a chance to meet Eric and Lacey last week. Um, Serena and I went and had coffee with them the, on that Monday. And uh, just a great couple. Man, I, I'm definitely just prayerfully looking to support them. Uh, even I would love to actually go visit them. Uh, just the ease of conversation that we had together was uh, really special. And uh, those those kinds of things are nice. And no, I don't have a heart for Ireland, but I love God's people. And I love when God is doing things and other people. And I don't have to be a part of it another way, but it'd be nice to go help, you know, and see what they got going on there. So don't forget, pray for those guys. Don't Also for Jory and Jessica, that's the other guys that are going with them. <coughs> Um, just great couples, great families, taking their kids. So I pray, remember that you're provoked. They have small children. They're married. That's hugely inconvenient <laughs> for missions. And so those guys are going. They're going to go do it, right? And uh, I pray that the Lord would challenge you as well. Okay, so like we said, we wanted to have that mission focus. The Lord gave us an opportunity to meet those missionaries going out to Ireland. And remember the thing that we said about that particular focus and what's going on here is that there was persecution that is related to this transition that we see in Acts chapter 8. This persecution is tied to things that are resisting anything related to the Lord. So right now, this has not gone into a, um, uh, let's, what do I want to say, statewide or district-wide uh, persecution. It is between the Jews and the Christians. It is going to ramp up at some point, but right now it is just between them. And that's okay, because this is all a part of the Lord's plan. And there's something really unique and special, because I don't think for one second that these individuals that end up scattering forgot what it was that Jesus Christ said was going to happen anyway. That things would start in Jerusalem, and they would go out to Judea and Samaria. And so now, that scattering you have to consider. Is it solely in fear, or is it planned? There's probably a possibility of both, honestly. And so now you're looking at people who are very much weighing my father's business in the face of somebody that died. Either Philip heard about it or saw it with his own eyes. And yet these individuals have the gospel fresh on their lips, ready to go. Man, I am super encouraged by that. And so... We see now in chapter 5, or excuse me, chapter 8, verse 5, we're getting reacquainted with Philip. Why do I say reacquainted? Well, let me take you back to Acts chapter 6, 5 through 7. It says this. You remember the situation, just story-wise, that there was um, an issue with the widows that weren't being ministered to. Remember those are the Hellenistic widows they had brought this issue up before the apostles 
And it was like, hey, we need to attend to that business. Now, they're like, hey, I have my role. I need to make sure that I am getting the truth of God's word out. I'm going to be making prayers, but let's get some guys on that. And so they appointed seven men as deacons, as we would understand that. And we would say that here. And so right now we're getting to that point where that selection process is taking place. Acts 6, 5 through 7 says this. And the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. We were very much blessed by his testimony in Acts chapter 7. And now our Philip and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenius and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed and they laid their hands on them and the word of God increased. Now get this and don't miss this because this is absolutely the heart of Philip. And the number of the disciples multiply in Jerusalem greatly. See, another name for this individual that you'll see in Acts chapter 11 is Philip the Evangelist. This guy is about that work. Okay? And so the thing is, is like, consider that. This is early. There has been some persecution, but not the death of Stephen yet. And now this man is still about it. It didn't shake him off of what the mission was. And so, those the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Again, it's a man that's about his father's business in the face of some persecution. Guys, we are in a similar persecution to some degree that is challenging, has roadblocks to it. I mean, what it has done to our missions team and, and missions vision for the church has been astounding <laughs> this year. And yet the Lord is like, are you about my business? Will you still be about my business? You know, yesterday we had the Faith Fellowship um, hangout and I had to get my haircut earlier and I would have actually been probably at the park about 12.05, but it was probably more like 12.15, 12.20. As I'm backing out of my driveway, well, I'm not backing out. I got to the car and I see my neighbor right next to me, single mom. Um, and I just talked to her and I say, hey, how you're doing? And she just went in into, I'm worried about the election. I'm worried about COVID. She has pre-existing conditions that could very much put her in a, in a bad place. She's working from home. Her 14-year-old son is starting uh, high school, but Shawnee Mission East or the Shawnee Mission School District decided that two weeks ago that they will be at home. And so I said, man, what's your plan for that? She was like, we'll find out on Tuesday. Class is Tuesday. Very stressed out. And so then now I have an opportunity to just listen to her one and then say like, you know, start dissecting these issues. And the first thing I just addressed in terms of, because I know that it would have weight being that I'm going to use now my African-Americanness to the benefit of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And I just told her, I said, this is my world with you. What, what's happening in this city? What's happening at church? What's happening at work? What happens in Washington, I could care less. It doesn't bother me. I'm not worried about it. I have an answer already for that. And man, I... I I remember the expression on her face just kind of at least piqued some interest. 
So now I left a hanging Chad, if you remember the whole <laughs> voting election, you know. Come on, stay with me. <laughs> and so I left a hanging Chad in order to be able to get back with her so that there is more follow-up. And I just told her, I said, listen, you under, you know that Serena and I both were raised by single mothers. We have bleeding hearts for single mothers. Do not try to carry these burdens by yourself. Let us pray about these things. We're praying for you. We care about you. Man, this woman, I don't, I don't understand what her mind is going through. Her Victoria is now Aiden. I have watched this transition. Victoria would leave her key at school and had to be in our house often in the winter because she didn't couldn't get in the house and now it's Aiden and Aiden doesn't talk to us anymore because Aiden knows what we stand on but man Aiden or Victoria whomever it is we still care about her him her whatever I don't care about that. you and the Lord sort that out I I care about where your soul is right and so I'm telling you do not let COVID the election Social issues, work issues, I've been at home too much, I've seen my kids a little too much, whatever it is, do not, or not enough, don't let any of those things stop you from being on mission. There is a mission. You've been recruited. You got boots, helmet, the weapon, all of it. And so, Perhaps it is this, that I want to start with an anchor verse, verses rather, this morning. 2 Peter 1, 1-3, says this, Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have attained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. So what is so special about this? Why is this the anchor? Because something has been given unto us that pertains to life and to godliness. Every answer that you came in here with this morning, or question rather, that you that you're looking to seek an answer for, the Bible has it. Essentially, the answer is Jesus Christ. And so when you're looking for how it is that you're going to pay bills, how you're going to deal with your kids, how you're going to deal with your spouse, how you're going to, what does the next week even look like? We, it's too far to, you know, we used to make plans like, oh, 2021, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I can do is next week, we, if the Lord wills it, we might try XYZ thing. Those are the things that he's given us. Everything that pertains to life and to godliness. We now have everything we need to live a life that pleases the Lord. So see, I don't get to have an excuse because I'm in this vice. How? How 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 have these things been given? Through the knowledge of Jesus. See, my thesis is this then. Great joy can only come from being in the will of God through Jesus. When you see our text, you're going to notice that when Philip goes and delivers this message, great joy falls upon this city. 
again in the face of persecution that is fresh on his mind. The context of our passage is this. Philip, the deacon, is a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, goes to Samaria armed with good tidings of Jesus Christ, and the people respond with belief unto changed lives causing them to have great joy. See, the key thing is, is that when salvation actually shows up in your life, your life should be changed. If you are doing things the same way that you were the day before you got saved, you are doing it wrong. I'm just telling you, if you are thinking and processing and worrying and doubting and fretting over all these things like, it, like you normally would, and you have the name of Christ, that doesn't make sense. That's wrong math. So I'm telling you this morning, you've got to get this down in your head so that you can understand what it is that is taking place. And so let's look at the text this morning. Acts 8, 5 through 8 says this, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, and were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Christian, do you have great joy this morning? Great joy. The kind of joy that is noticeable. Do you look as downtrodden, worried, perplexed, over it, tired, bitter, angry, as the rest of the world is clearly showing us? Man, Facebook, people, this is why I don't have it. Because there's nothing good to see on there. And because nobody's in front of the individual typing, they just type filth. All I want Serena to tell me is, are my cousins okay? Great. I don't care. After that, what are they, where do they work? Did they finish school? Congratulations. All right. I'm off of Facebook. <laughs> I normally, if I write something on there, it says Dash Dell. That way people know it was me. Because that has both of our names on it. Because I could care less. I just, man, that, that thing should not be swaying our lives the way that it does. But we have now picked up the opinions of the world in the church. No, no, no. Believe or no. Our key word this morning is great joy. Our key purpose is this, to gain a better understanding of the transformative nature of our salvation. It is something that should be transformative. Now, every, almost everybody in here, because I know just about everybody in here, are, are saved individuals. And so you understand what it is that has taken place, what took place on the cross, and what took, more importantly, the resurrection piece, because that solidified everything else that he did. Right? So you know the whole throne aspect. The thing that I want you to do is to get on task and have some joy behind what it is you're doing. Because I'm telling you, that woman was so ready to tell me all of her troubles. And with a straight face, I could listen to it and receive it and process it and lay it at the feet of my father for her. Now, what my real heart is, is I want to equip her with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that now she will be able to do that for herself. 
And so, there are these three key points that we need to look at in terms of that transformative nature. The dealing of unclean spirits, the dealing of palsies, and the dealing with the lame. Now, we understand contextually what we're talking about when we're dealing with these unclean spirits, that this is evil spirit possession in this account. We see that a man named Simon later on in this chapter is the reason for that because he's using these sorceries. And so those things end up creating this dark environment that these individuals run in. Okay? And so his use of this sorcery has imprisoned them mentally in Samaria. But I want you to notice something. That possession is still unable to stop a person from coming to Christ. So then I have to understand what it, what is it that I can look at in a spiritual way and take from that. Uncleanness then is deception and bondage. You have been freed from that, Christian. The deception of the lie that whatever it is, sorcery is going to, this is true power. No, it's not in the face of God. It is not true power. The bondage that it has for they not freely to get to whatever work it is that the Lord has. Listen, the Lord snapped that chain in half on the cross with great power. And so in Mark 3.11, I love this and it is a great reminder for us to understand what we're dealing with. Because sometimes we can even think that the supernatural somehow should bring fear to me. Never. Mark 3.11, and unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. They have to bow. Listen, if the God that I serve makes evil, wicked things bow before him, what do I have to be afraid of? That's my Father, my Savior, my King. See, don't be deceived this morning. Don't be still in some bondage of your mind of, of worrying about what are you worried about? First John 1 8 says this. If we say then that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know this. Romans 10 9 10 through 11. See, we always stop at 10. I'm going to keep going, though. In 10, 9 through 11, it says this, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto uh, righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. Sorry, this one's not on your, um, your deal there. And made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. See, the first chain is broken because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross breaks the chain. No longer can deception run my life. No longer do I have to play a victim to being in bondage to whatever thing that the world is trying to encapsulate me in. See, on some level, some might try to say that my ethnicity might try to be a chain. My Americanness might try to be a chain. My poverty might try to be a chain. My loneliness, if I am single, might try to be a chain. Maybe I was abused as a child. That might try to be a chain. The Lord has broken that chain. It's broken. Man, we, listen. 
either we believe the truth and the and the and the gravity of what took place, the impossible has already happened on the cross. That was impossible. And the Lord made it possible. The second chain, though, is this, and this is to us, especially in this day and age. First John 4 and 1 says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Guys, they are people are sneaking in <laughs> like wolves and they take our doctrine and they dice it up. And fit it into little boxes, little Tupperware boxes, you know, with the matching tops. And then they hand it out. And some of us are taking that crap. Listen, man. The thing that got you right with the Lord Jesus Christ, your word of God, that, it is still, it was true then. It's still true now. Try the spirits. Listen, just because they come slick, they got the nice clothes on, it's dressed right Don't let them take you away from this. Don't let work take you away from this. Don't let that person all of a sudden come into your life, take you away from this. Guys, this is not a cult, but there's truth here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. I get to learn what the Word of God says, apply it to my life, and then teach other people to do it. And that guarantees that I have fruit. So why now do I all of a sudden need to pick up that shift that's not going to let me come to church on Tuesday or Sunday. It's the bondage of the world. That I'm, see what I'm saying? The world only wants to put handcuffs back on you. Because it renders you ineffective for the mission that God has said before you. See, Philip is unchained man. Whatever feelings he may have in his heart about Stephen has not stopped him from being on mission. Whatever feelings he may have of, of Samaritans. Okay, because now let's let's just be honest. Uh, historically, Israelites are super racist. <laughs> right? And to Samaritans, they would actually, no way. This guy is like, that's the first place I'm going. Live unchained. Live unchained. See, now you have to compare what you know of Jesus against what the latest doctrine says. Stick to the basics. This book, be in it, study it, get equipped, know it for yourself. All of this in the day and age that we are in and how we filter information that comes across our eyes and ears very much should be telling us, I must be equipped. I got to be equipped. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's time for me to look at, you know, because it's, it's on the web, it's on the internet. You can look at, okay, what's the difference between I don't, Jehovah's Witness and Christianity? Islam and Christianity. So you can know it. Look it up. See. Ask. You got pastors in here. Deacons in here. You can ask me. Man, let's talk about these things. Let's get equipped. Because I don't want there to be any reason why your neighbors don't hear the gospel come from your lips. I can't get to them. You live around them. Not me. They're your people. I got mine at work. They're crazy. You don't want my people. (laughs) Sometimes I don't. But I love them. 
I do love them. They're my buddies. And I am praying for them. And man, the Lord has given me great opportunity over six years at work with those individuals. They know where I am, where I stand. Now I'm just trusting the Lord and praying for them, you know, daily, especially by the minute as things go, because there's just, it's weird at school, guys. People are uncertain. Just because I'm there doesn't mean people feel comfortable about it. I'm just, I'm just telling you. So the Lord is providing opportunity for me to comfort, to not let, you know, things just get riled up between us or between us and management or between us and our students. Man, I love that the Lord has given me that opportunity. I don't see it as an inconvenience to what I have to do. You mean I get paid to give comfort? <laughs> Great. Listen to this. This, this, uh, this time is telling you to get equipped. This is not time to sit on the bench and to watch others do it and get fruit. I'm a little jealous of that UMKC fruit. I want some of that fruit. Man, I got a chance to baptize my brother. He saved already. I don't count. So, <laughs> Van got to baptize somebody. He led to the Lord. Man, I want that. Don't you want that? I mean, you know, everybody in here ain't going to get to baptize. Let's just be clear about that. <laughs> I will baptize them. Or James. <laughs> or Van. Right? Or Chris. But, man, let's get some fruit. Let's get some fruit baskets. Get the harvesting. I like fruit. Pomegranates is great. Alright. Jeremiah 29.8. Listen to this now. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners, uh-oh, that be in the midst of you. This is, see, the Bible is so good. Because now it's saying these individuals are in the midst of you. Just like they are some of them that are clothed with the same crucifixes and bumper, bumper stickers and t-shirts that we wear. What does it say? That be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. Boy, that is so good. I had to stop somebody in the barbershop in their tracks. Because they went on about this dream and then I knew where it was going. And it ended with... <laughs> I think it means something. I said, I don't think it means anything. I think it's whatever you ate last night is what helped you to dream that. <laughs> and then we got a chance to go into it. And the funny thing is, I found out that her grandmother is, uh, well, a diviner. And so the nature by which she processes her relationship with the Lord is through that lens. And so, of course, her dreams mean something. So she was very perplexed when I said, they didn't mean nothing. You had too many carnitas. That's what that was. <laughs> and so, praise the Lord. My sister heard me out. She's considering. 1 Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are, listen, y'all, freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. See, that's why I have to get equipped, because maybe I don't know how to really do that. Maybe it's like you come to church and you hear what Sam says, you hear what I say, or Kenny, or any of our pastors, and you're like, that sounds good. How do they do that? 
how do they look in the scripture and come up with these things? Guys, we're not coming to our own interpretation. We compare scripture with scripture. Now, we got a little cheat. I mean, there's a treasure of scripture knowledge. You know, there's there's Strong's Concordance. I look at the same word. I might try to trace it back to what's the first mention of that said word. And we'll teach you how to do that in this church. Did you know that? In D2 classroom, am I correct? That D2 section, there there's a Bible study section. We will teach you to do that. You will actually kind of learn it just by sitting in front of Sam every week. You're kind of getting D2 LFBI when you're in service. I'm, I'm just telling you. What he, the tangent he went on today, LFBI. <laughs> That's why it's important that you be here. It's just important that you tune in. You got to get equipped. You got to know. We, it's not enough for you to just say, oh, you know, that's hogwash or that's phony and I don't believe it. Because the devil is smarter than you and he will craft something with one of them little Tupperwares that has got you. And now you all jacked up. Eating grapes out of the Tupperware of hell. Don't do it. Eat cherries. They're better. <laughs> Not for the 12. Would you say that was, Serena Pound? $13.99. I, no. The devil is a lie. I'm not buying nobody's cherries for no $13.99. See? Devilish. <laughs> okay, now. Here's the danger, though. If you don't. If you don't take heed to what I'm saying. See? You have to understand something. These individuals dealing with those various illnesses needed to be healed by what it was that Jesus Christ was offering. And they took heed themselves. Do you realize that? On one accord, these individuals are processing what Philip said and said, that's truth. I'm doing that. But here's what happens when you don't. Romans 8.5 says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, y'all. There is no other way to put that. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. See, perhaps the... The issue has been is that you are minding the things of the flesh. You know, Chris and I were talking about, I think what Christians in America try to do is they try to morally merge what the Bible says and politics. Impossible. Impossible. Do you actually think that there's a party that has a higher moral ground? Amen. Do you see what these guys are doing? <laughs> oh, they don't. Who ended abortion? Right? Nobody. It's still going. So see that? Detach. You have a mission. Stay on mission. You have a mission. Our joy then has to be this. Is Christ's ability to free us from a life of deception and bondage. That's where I can have great joy when I let those first two chains be broken. Man, He has the ability to free us. I don't have to be deceived anymore. I don't have to let Twitter and Facebook and Instagram tell me what to think. 
I have the Word of God. I have truth. And so just as much as His words were freeing to those individuals that were enslaved with those unclean spirits, so can I be freed from those that are false prophets that are going to come and tell me things that are equally as deceptive. The next is palsies. Contextually, what we're talking about, those that have a condition or of incapacity or helplessness. Boy, this is unfortunately, whether it's COVID or not, this is one that just haunts Christianity. The first thing you got to understand is this. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God which giveth, giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Christian, if we are challenging whether or not you have great joy, do you have victory this morning? See, if you think about the individual that had palsy and had to have his buddies carry him and take him and open up, the Lord has essentially freed you and said, Now your legs have strength. You come to me. Man, it's such a good book. It's so comforting. Why don't we spend the proper time in it so that we're not swayed every every which way? Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Man, what does it tell us to do? Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So what do I do do then? Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, Christ knows what you're going through and he cares that it bothers you. Because as far as he's concerned, his deal is, why does anything bother you? I've dealt with all of it. I've conquered it. Man, if I've conquered death, if I have now reconciled you back to the Father, what do you what do you have to fear? What are you what are you worried about? Those were the great impossibilities. Those things are the super supernatural. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's easy. We'll be done with this in half a day. Everybody good? Okay. Let's start. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just love the confidence by which it is that he has. And I don't know. I think we should be troubled. If we're going to be troubled anywhere, we should be troubled that we don't have the same kind of victory in our life. Man, I, why do these lost people want to be Christians? Man, we sound like them. We look like them. We act like them. We talk like them. We think like them. What? Why? What do we? What? Uh, it's kind of like we show up with handcuffs. Go, guys! You want to be a part of this? Uh, no, I'm good, thanks. These are gold, at least. I don't. <laughs> you brought ten ones. <laughs> you know. I, I just something is special about what it is that Philip is accomplishing. In the face of the persecution that has just gradually, and the Lord is making the persecution, the way it's written, it's kind of like in the background of what's happening. You realize that? The only time it really jumped to the forefront is Stephen. Even the, the imprisonment of Peter is kind of like light. 
compared to the fact that now we ramped it up. When we stone Stefan, that's okay. It's we're not playing uh, jacks anymore. This is serious. But up to that point, we're in jail. We're out of jail. We're saying stuff. We're doing stuff. People, hey, get up, walk. I mean, you know, it's it's a good time. Stefan's death changes a lot. And this is what they do? We're going to go to the place of dogs and tell them the gospel? I don't know. Sounds like a lot of victory there to me. And a lot of victory that I'd like for you to consider in your own life. You can be fruitful. You realize that, right? It's not impossible. God wants to use you. Do you want to be used? Especially knowing just that the Lord cares for you. These things bother you. It bothers Him. And so it tells us to do something. Something that I think that we see as second fiddle. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. See, get this down. Prayer isn't second fiddle to action. I think a lot of times when you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, they kind of cheat it like, oh, well, you just got out of helping me move or helping me do whatever. <laughs> That's the first engagement of the God of everything. I better start there. Anytime that any of our heroes of the faith did that in the Old Testament and they moved without talking to God first, it always went poorly. People died. Multiple people died. People got sick. (laughs) And we read those things and we just glance over them. See, you are not helpless. The great helper has come to your aid and your rescue. That's the point I'm trying to make to you. Man, God cares for you. So that's why he's like, man, just lay this stuff down here. Why you, oh, you got that heavy backpack. I'll take that off. Just lay it down. Well, Lord, I need... No, you don't. Because it's, it's comfortable for us to carry around things. Because we kind of like the, I'm miserable. Aren't you miserable? Yeah, let's walk together. <clears throat> it's almost like you are laughing in the face of all of these things. If you have any joy in your life, like somebody will be offended by your joy. Praise the Lord. Let them. Let them. Our joy here in this section is that Christ has given us the victory, has seen and felt our affliction, and has said, lay it down before him. Now, for the sake of time and with respect to the last class got out of here on time, we're going to do the same. (laughs) So I'm going to pause it right here. We just have one more section to go. But I pray this morning that, because we have a lot of people that are listening in. And if anybody that is listening in doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, what I'm trying to tell you is you need to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. The whole issue behind Jesus Christ is this. He has to be who he said he is or else all of it falls apart. He is the son of God. He did live a a sinless, spotless life. He did get on the cross for our sins. He did die. He was buried. He was resurrected. 
And He did all of that for us. If I have any issue or, or disbelief on any terms of that, guys, I'm still not saved. I must believe all of that. And then, once that belief is there and you realize that your sin could put you as far away from God as, man, as far as you could even imagine measuring. Jesus Christ says, man, just, I have your sin. Do you believe those things? Do you believe that about me? Do you see yourself as a sinner, separated? If that's the case, then listen, the the bridge is the cross. You have to confess the sin. And for the Christian, maybe there are things that you need to confess to the Lord. That you've been holding on to. Some attitude, some behavior, some pattern, some new space and place. Not because you need to get saved again, but because you need to be in right fellowship with the Lord. Man, salvation is one and done. I love that the Bible is clear to say that it only took one time for Jesus to do that. And it was solid. Praise the Lord for that. That's great comfort for me. Guys, listen. Pick up your, your, your face, as my mom would say. You know, like sometimes she asks you to do something and uh, you had the wrong expression. <laughs> the expression needed to be right before you went and attended upon that thing. Your expression is wrong, Christian. Your countenance is off. You look like everybody else. You should look different. Man, how are you going to do that? How are you going to process that this morning? So I'm trying to invite you into a space to be able to do that. Next week we will conclude the rest of this and we'll get into what some might consider a difficult space of passage. And we'll talk about why they might say that. But I'm telling you, the answer is in the truth for those that are believers in Jesus Christ and the truth that you already know of Him. The answers are there. Be unchained. Live unchained. Live the victorious, glorious life. Have great joy that He died and was resurrected for you to have. That's all I'm saying. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, Thank you for today, and just, Lord, thank you for everything that you're showing us in your word. And, Lord, I do pray that we would consider, Lord, I pray that those, if anybody is listening that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, I, I do pray that they would consider the truth of who you are and what the Bible says that they are, and that the two can be reconciled with confession, with asking for you to come and be Lord of their life. And so, Father, I pray that that would happen this morning, now. Uh, And then for us, Lord, that have put our trust in you, Father, forgive us for maybe not communicating the right things with our body language, with our attitude, with our social media presence. Lord, it is a difficult time, and so we are asking for your mercy. We are asking for your guidance. But, Lord, you have already solidified victories Lord I pray that we would live out those promises and that truth that you have already presented to us Lord we thank you for everything you're doing you have done and you will do in Jesus name we pray Amen